what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to the deep dive episode of Brothers in Tech. This is our first deep dive off of our first main episode. Uh, the purpose of these deep dives is to go a little more in detail about some deeper levels of technology or, or additional information to kind of supplement the main topic we already talked about. Uh, these are normally shorter, and they're going to always follow up on the main episode that we would have released uh, with that. So. Yeah. So just a reminder, this is kind of the B-side, right? We already have a main episode and our expectation is that you've already listened to the main episode, uh, which in this case was about streaming TV services. And uh, and then we're going to supplement that with some additional information that we are not sure everybody needs. Um, but if you're listening to this, then hopefully you get the information that uh, allows you to further go down this road of streaming TV services. Yeah. More specifically in this deep dive, we're going to talk about the media players. So we alluded yeah. to that in our main episode. These are the boxes, the devices, the actual hardware that connects your internet connection with your television or maybe your screen uh, if you're using it like a computer or something to watch TV. But most cases, it's going to be your TV set and you're using yep. these media players to do that. So how do these things work? So I kind of equated in the previous episode, the, the main one, it's almost like the replacement of your cable box. You know, if you're used to a cable TV situation, they put in this long rectangular box in many cases, and that box sat there underneath your TV set. Your cable is coming into that box, and that box is then uh, providing the uh, interface and the actual content up to your TV set. Yep. This little yep. devices basically do the same thing. They're normally smaller. Uh, you normally have to buy them up front. You actually own them. They don't aren't normally provided by your by your TV by your uh, any kind of television service. You buy the box, and then once you connect the box to your internet, you connect it to your TV, you're up and running, and you have your options there. So just think about it as a replacement for your cable box. The difference is that you're not locked into that one vendor like you were with the cable box having to use that same cable vendor. You can use any of the streaming TV services that we talked about in our previous main episode. Yep. So what do you say, Brian, well, let's talk about some of these boxes and some of the more popular ones and some of the experiences we've had with those and some recommendations on those. So, sure. Uh, you want to well, start us off here? Well, I think probably the first option is going to be streaming TV itself. So a lot of the TVs, well, actually probably most of the TVs come with some form of smart TV uh, feature to them. And um, that usually means that it has some apps built into it. It ends up having some kind of a processor built in. So for example, Netflix or, you know, maybe even your Hulu, you can actually stream through the TV itself. So it already has that processor built in. What's the beauty of that? You don't have to buy anything else. Right. What's the downside of that? Well, I think there's lots of downsides, actually. I think just about uh, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> right. because, because I would just say, please don't do this, right? If you're looking for a good experience, uh, do not use your streaming TV, right? Yeah. Unless you are absolutely strapped for money and you do not want to buy something new. Um, certainly try it, right? Try it uh, on your TV, but... Um, this is going to be something that's built in. The processor is not going to be that good. Uh, the processors don't get updated that often, uh, or they, uh, the apps don't get updated that often. 
And it's just going to be a real clunky experience, right? I think you're going to find yeah. that you're going to get frustrated switching channels. You're going to get frustrated opening apps. Um, is that your experience, Alan? It, it is, yeah. The, the interfaces are typically not very smooth. It's a little more tr- problematic trying to figure out how to get to them. I'll say the other problem is I don't think a lot of these built-in uh, streaming TV services on the TV set itself, well, not many of them will allow you to install other apps. So the challenge you run into right. is like a YouTube TV or some of these other ones like we talked about in the main episode, you may not even be able to do. So right. you're really limited to whatever apps they have built into the TV set, which I don't like that kind of limitation either. So yep. Yep. bad interface, they don't get updated as often. You're kind of looking at a more subpar experience. And I don't think you have the flexibility to choose any of the different services and streaming services you may want to install on your TV. Yep. I agree. Avoid this like the plague if you can and just invest yep. in one of these other boxes we're going to talk about. I think you're going to find yourself much, much happier with the experience. Yeah, you're going to get tempted, right? You're going to get tempted by the smart TV function. Uh, but keeping these two things separate, your TV and your streaming box, is a really important thing to do, I think. I've made a special point, Brian, in my life. I mean, my last, The last two TVs I bought, one for my den and one for a, a basement in our house, uh, I specifically went and found one that had no smart TV functions built in at all. Just, yeah. I didn't need it. I just told the guys. They're hard to find. They're I, hard they to are. find. And I, I don't yeah. even know if there are any more now at all. But yeah. if you can find one and it saves you a little bit of money on the price of the TV, that's the route I took. I said, look, I don't want yep. any of that stuff. I'm going to have a box plugged in that I control that I, I have. So I don't really care. I just need a dumb TV set that's just going to play whatever I plug into it. And that's yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So let's kind of go on the other end of the spectrum price-wise to probably one of the most expensive options you've got for a streaming TV box, uh, the Apple TV. So a yep. little confusion here. Let's clear it up for everybody. There's been a lot of marketing the last several months about Apple TV Plus, which is a streaming service. We'll talk about that in another deep dive episode. We're talking about the Apple TV hardware, the box. This is a one-time purchase box. They're somewhere between 150 and maybe 175 or 199, somewhere in that upper three-digit uh, dollar mm-hmm. range, um, and it will allow you to install any number of apps. At least the latest Apple TVs in the last couple of years will do that. So you can install any apps for the services we've already discussed: YouTube TV, Hulu Live, Sling, uh, AT and TV, whatever it may be. Um, obviously if you are a Mac user, if you have Apple computers in the house, you'll probably find a lot of benefits with the Apple TV box. It'll allow you to do airplay, which is the technology where you can take your phone or your laptop and beam your content up to the, the, the Apple TV and use it as your own kind of presentation or to share things with your other people in the room on the TV set. So some nice advantages to it. Um, it has the built-in TV app, which We'll try to organize all the stuff you're watching from different services together and show you what episodes are next on the on the episode list. The problem with it is that not all services are tied in with that Apple app. Yep. Uh, we mentioned YouTube TV was not yet. Uh, I think there's a couple more. Netflix is not tied in with it. Right. So you have to understand it's not going to be an all-in-one all, all solution yet. But hopefully some of those services will come on board. Um, so it's a little more pricey, but it is Apple. I mean, you know, if if you're kind of one of those people who don't mind spending more money on an Apple product, this is probably the direction you're going to go because it is high quality. It's got a really nice interface. It works. And, um, 
So yeah, I processor. Think you, you and I both have one of these at home right now on our home yep, TV. Is that we right? We do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anything yeah, else I mean, you want to add on the? Pro- no, I would just say that one of the important notes on all of these boxes is: Do you realize that most of these services, although they all push out an app that works on almost all of these, right? Mm-hmm. YouTube's going to be able to work on all these. Hulu's going to be able to work on all these. I have noticed some differences in that if you're if you have a higher end box, there's going to be some features that do appear that don't appear in some others. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, YouTube, the live preview, right? If you're hovering over a, a channel the live preview that comes up that happens in Apple TV does not happen in one of my other Roku's. It does not happen. in. so there, you know, you have to have basically the processor that's strong enough to handle some of the new features that they have. And, and I haven't found anything that the Apple TV won't do. So, you know, it's, it's basically a, a, it's, it's a beast, right? It'll do everything that you need it to do. And of course, given the price, right, it ought to be right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I mentioned really quickly Roku, right? There's kind of the other option. And I would say those are the two big, the big players right now, right? Apple TV and the Mm -hmm. Roku. Um, What I love about the Roku is that there are so many options, right? There are Mm -hmm. so, uh, so many inexpensive options up to very, you know, hefty options. So generally you're looking probably 30 to maybe 75. I think I saw one that was closer to 90. Um, and they're constantly making new versions of this. Uh, so if you're wanting a box that works right now, but you're probably going to need an updated one in a few years, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't something that lasts forever. Um, that Roku is a great option. Um, so Roku, you can get it from a USB stick or a HDMI stick that'll end up going straight into the computer, hidden, very small, just like a USB key. Um, up to the point where you can actually get a, uh, a box that looks like an Apple TV that sits mm-hmm. underneath your TV. So, uh, and do uh, that's kind of an important point. A lot of people will end up going with the small little, you know, USB stick or HDMI sticks because they're small and they're less expensive. Just realize that that's, that's also less computer that's in those things, mm-hmm. right? And there's less processor that works in those. So there's going to be some, slowing just like that happens with the uh streaming tvs that we don't like uh you're going to get a lot of that same experience i've done some of those before and generally those go in the drawer and only go with me on travel or something that mm-hmm. i don't need to, to carry a lot so but i think roku's a great uh, opportunity i have one upstairs right now in a second tv um that just works great right it, it does a, a fantastic job the the um the user experience, I think the interface is different, and I'm not really sure I like it as much as I do Apple TV. Um, but it's uh, it works, I'd say, at the higher end ones work just as well as the Apple TV. It's just you don't Good. get the Apple interface things. Yeah. What about you? Well, I had a little bit of experience with Roku quite a while back, not more recently. And uh, But the thing that always struck me about Roku compared to Apple TV is kind of the same thing you hear about. Uh, Mac or iPhones being compared to like Android or Google in that the Android Google side of things is a little more open source where you can really install any apps you can find anywhere. And it's a much more open platform. And that's the way I kind of see Roku is where you can find a lot of creative ways. If you're really technically minded, you can find a lot of ways to install a lot of random stuff into a Roku and really customize it the way you want it. Apple TV, you're a little more locked in. It's pretty much you're playing Apple's game. It's their app store that you can choose from. They're not going to let you install apps that are not through their app store. Uh, It's their interface. You don't really get to apply a lot of skins or customization to it. 
So it's a little bit of the two sides. You know, if you want a little more tinkering, you don't mind, you want to kind of get a little deeper with your device. I think Roku is really good option. And I love the fact that there's so many different models to choose from. Yeah. You really have those choices. Apple TV is pretty much it. I just want to buy a box. I want it to work. I don't want to futz around with it. I just want to plug it up and go. And I think it's good for that, especially if you're already a Mac person to begin with. Yeah, I think the only options there are what 4K or non-4K right now, right? I think that's it. It's very The boxes look exactly the same. They work exactly the same. Just one of them will push 4K content. The other one won't. So, yeah. Right. Um, now, this next one, I'll tell you, I've had a little bit experience with, and I honestly, at this point, don't know anybody using one, but I know right. they're out there, and that <laughs> is the Amazon Fire TV. Uh, I have not seen any advertising for the Fire TV in quite a while. It used to be pretty prominent about a year ago. Um, I think they've had a challenge really marketing this and selling it as anything with a different advantage to it. Obviously, if you're an Amazon user and you have the Amazon TV service, or not TV, but movie service, and you the Prime account, there's some benefits to having an Amazon Fire TV box in that you get the best Amazon experience possible on that device. So if you do all of your movie watching or buying TV shows, old TV shows on Amazon, the, Apple T- the Amazon TV is probably going to be a really good option for you. What I've learned or heard is that it just doesn't allow you to do as much with other yeah. apps. It'll let you install some of the more common apps, but doesn't quite have the depth of uh, of. Well, it has a depth of applications, but it's a it's a little tougher to get them installed. Um, the the interface is definitely geared more towards the Amazon world than it is anything else. And again, I think there's a little bit of strength in numbers too. I mean, if you just don't have a, a box that a whole lot of people are using or supporting, it kind of could be a little problematic for either getting assistance or finding a, a community of people who are going to build new stuff for it. Uh, have you used an Amazon Fire TV box at all? A long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. And I, I think I was given one free when I signed up for Sling originally a long yeah. time ago. They were giving out different kind of user experiences and uh yeah, it didn't last long. I, I just, I, it just, I just didn't see the benefit. Um, and it, they, they were one of the first that did the stick version, yep. right? It's mm-hmm. a fire stick, True. and that was a great selling point, right? Hey, it's small; you can take it wherever you want to go. But uh, no, I don't think the user experience is is useful for that many people. So, yeah, agreed. Dan Bryant of U.S. Health Advisors wants you to know your health coverage does not have to be complicated. If you aren't happy with your insurance plan, there are unlimited and comprehensive medical plan options available to you right now. U.S. Health Advisors offer solutions which can't be found anywhere else. They can even offer you the ability to purchase more coverage if and when you need it. U.S. Health Advisors offers fair rates and no surprises. Sounds nice, doesn't it? If you'd like to know more, contact Dan Bryant at 828-554-3032 or by email at daniel.bryant at ushadvisors.com. That's Dan Bryant at 828-554-3032. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. 
Yeah. Right. The last one I think mm-hmm. we ought to kind of mention that gets a lot of play is the the Chromecast, mm-hmm. right? And so that's obviously through the the Google uh, kind of Google services, right? And uh, and basically you're using Chrome, right, which is their web browser to be able to kind of push out content. Um, you know, this uh, what I would say about Chromecast is in my experience, and I have used one, I have one at home. Uh, I was given one of those free as well. And, and I've used it occasionally. Uh, I think it's great for maybe a younger person who is by themselves in an apartment who is on their phone all the time and uses their TV as a second screen, right? You're, you're scrolling through your phone, you get something, you say, Oh, show me that on the big screen. Let me watch that video. Let me do that. I think that's a great experience because it's small, it's inexpensive, right? You can get those for, you know, 30 bucks uh, and a lot of them will even give you a free one by some of these services. Um, But this is not, it's not something that you want to be using as a normal TV experience, um, at least in my my experience. What have you? you, You've got to have that device to push content to it. So, you know, it's not a matter of you can buy a Chromecast, plug it up to your TV and and all of a sudden you've got a TV service. You got to have your phone or tablet or computer sitting there and you pulling up stuff there and just telling it to push it to the Chromecast box. That's all it is. It's like a mirror. It's like a, it's like a mirroring of whatever's showing on your screen. I will there say, are some interface pieces. I will say there are some interface bit. pieces, right, uh, where you can get it's, it up it's there. Grown a little but bit. you have to have your phone on you. Yeah, you yeah. have to have, yeah. I will say, too, that you know, if you're an iPhone user, uh, things like YouTube will play up there, although YouTube videos, but there's other ones that will not play as easily. Yeah. You've got to do yeah. a little fidgeting to make it work. Uh, if you're on Android or a Google-produced device, I think almost everything will Chromecast up to it pretty easily. So it's a little give and take with some things there. Yeah, I've got one. Just it's Actually, Chromecast is built into my TV. That's the one feature it came with, which is kind of nice. If somebody comes over that has a device and they want to do a Chromecast, they can just beam it right up to the TV, and it's kind of nice to have that built into it. Yeah. But yeah, just understanding for everybody that it's not a replacement for these other boxes and that it's not completely self-sufficient it needs right. other device to push stuff to it so yeah but you're right somebody who you know uh younger does everything on their phone watches most of their stuff there just wants to be able to push it to the tv occasionally it's probably yep. a pretty good little tool to to do that so yeah so brian again i think we tipped our hand on kind of what we use already yep. as well but uh what do you use and why what what box do you currently have or what boxes do you currently have and why well so and if you listen to the previous um hopefully you have our main episode you'll know that i use youtube tv um and i have an apple tv uh on two different tvs um and um well uh, because I'm testing them, I also have a Roku on one of those TVs that I'll use for uh, for some some comparison. But uh, I love the Apple TV. I mean, I think if you can handle the price initially, uh, I'm big into the Apple ecosystem. It just makes everything work. Um, you can view you know your pictures from your iCloud account, all of that sort of stuff. It just it just works. I will say, you uh, the Roku is a really nice. Uh, secondary piece. And if you're not someone that's kind of deep into the Apple system, I think the Roku works really, really well. Um, Now, I I wondered whether I should say this or not. And for lack of kind of tech shaming from my brother, I do have an actual streaming TV in the bedroom. It's It's a Roku TV. Now, I will say the okay. difference difference here, right, versus a streaming TV, you get a Samsung that has a smart TV built in. There are some really, really good quality Roku TVs out there. Some companies mm-hmm. that will offer a TV that their, their smart TV 
portion of that is just Roku. And yeah. it's actually pretty slick. Um, and the reason that we looked at it is it was a, I don't know, a 30-some-inch TV. Is it a TCL? Cost, it's a TCL, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I know TCL's yep. really got a great partnership yep. with Roku to build the Roku. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, we bought that TV uh, f- super light, simple, thin, um, and it goes Wi-Fi up to uh, to be able to bring in the content. Yeah. Uh, but we bought that for the same price that we could have bought an Apple TV, just the box, mm. right? So yeah. I think it was 100 and 120 130 bucks that we bought this TV. Yeah. And we could be able to still use. So I'd, I'd say that would be the only one of the streaming TVs that I would even advise anyone looking into is one that has an actual decent... Um, user interface built in so well, that makes good so sense. let the I, shaming begin if you'd like no, right? no, no, that's okay so, actually the okay. tv i'm speaking to you we're brian and i are on opposite coast of the united states so obviously we're video conferencing the tv i'm looking at to see you right now is a tcl with roku built in so, oh yeah. okay yeah. it's all good all right. all we right. have one okay. in our office and uh, we don't use it the roku functions very much but uh it's nice knowing it's there and yep. uh, no, I think that yep. that's okay. I just think I, I think when we talk about not using the built-in smart TV functions, we're talking about more of the locked into the manufacturer, like LG's yep. version of LG, their smart TV, Samsung, so, sure. Sony's Sony smart TV. Yep. that's the ones we say try to avoid. They're horrible. It really yeah, they're not horrible. good at all. But if you're going to have one built in, a Roku uh, TV is probably a good way to go with that. Yep. Well, I use an Apple TV as well. I've got uh, honestly three of them in my house right now. I was not a huge fan of the Apple TV and the versions before they allowed you to install apps off of an app store back in the versions one and two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I really found it limiting and kind of more frustrating to use. But now that you have the capability of adding apps from a TV app store and I can customize it exactly the way I want with all the content I want. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's the only device we use in our house. So you go to my den TV you turn on the TV, it's the Apple TV interface. You go to bedroom TV, turn it on, it's the Apple TV interface. And um, yeah. it works really nice. There's actually a few things that they keep adding some features to it that I don't think I've even really played around with. We haven't gotten into the multiple user setting to do yeah. anything with that yet, although I know that's on there. Um, I, I really don't use Siri very much, Mm-mm. but knowing that it's integrated so nicely with Siri, if I wanted to use it, it's, it's nice. nice. Yep. Yeah. I can use my yeah. my iPhone as a remote for the Apple TV, which is also very nice. So it's got some good features to it. Um, is it perfect? No. I mean, there's still some things I'd love yep. to see improved with it. But overall, of all the options, it's the one that fits my my lifestyle the best. So yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. agreed. So well, let's think. What? Yeah, we're trying to recommend some of these to other people. What are what are some things considerations that you want to make sure you keep in mind when you're choosing yeah. a, a streaming box for you or a family member? Yeah, and we won't go into too detail on this, but I, to me, if you're looking at doing this price, you know, is going to be one. Right, sure. you need yeah. to think about how expensive because you're going to go from a low end Roku to a high end Apple TV. Um, obviously, we've mentioned ecosystem already. If you're part of any, a certain ecosystem in Apple and you can afford the Apple TV box, it's going to be a cleaner experience, right? Yeah, it's going to sure. be, it's going to work better. Uh, I'd say Roku is really good for anyone else. Okay. Um, so you know, your speed, recommendation is that if you're an Apple user and you don't mind stomaching the one-time cost, go Apple TV. If you're not an Apple user, and you're more of a Windows, Google, Android user, 
you think a Roku is probably the best option. I think you can get a great Roku for half the price of an Apple TV and it will look just as good. It'll work just as well. And and the interface there's good. There's no lack lacking uh, that you would get because you don't have that Apple interface. So I gotcha. Um, I, to me, one of the biggest things to keep in mind is just processor, right? Mm-hmm. Speed and processor. And I know that's nothing you need to look at as you're doing this. You don't need to go look at numbers. But just always realize that the smaller the box, <laughs> oftentimes the less it's going to be able to do. Uh, so when you get a, something that's a stick that doesn't have power to it, it's going to be limited. It's going to be very right? slow. Yeah. yeah. And if you're just like we talked about dealing with something built into a TV, it's very limited. Um, it's not the reason that they want you buying the TV. It's an add-on. So, uh, so I'd say go to the best processor you could get within your price point uh, because it's going to last you as the quality of signals get better mm-hmm. and it's going to be able to handle more apps and all of that. Great so, point. Good point. Um, user interface? What yeah. do you, you know? I think user interfaces, I think to me that's extremely important. I think uh, yeah. you could have a great media box, but if you have to try to tell guests at your home or other family members or anything like that, how to navigate it, how to, how to make it, it yeah. work. And it takes you more Point. than a few minutes to do that. That's a challenge. And then I think also the use of apps too. I, as I mentioned, I was not a big fan of the Apple TV box before it had the app capability because I felt it was very limiting. Same reason I don't like using the built-in smart TVs on TV sets because I feel like they're limited. And here's the options you have of what to do with this box. Now that the ones Roku, Apple TV, uh, even Amazon TVs will let you install uh, different apps and really customize your experience. I think that makes a big difference on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's I think also there's other, other, yeah, there's some other features too. I was going to say, I think you're yeah. thinking the same way. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Apple TV has the capability for mirroring mm-hmm. or doing uh, yep. airplay to a TV. That's a nice bonus feature that is very exclusive to the Mac environment. Makes a nice little selling point there. There's other features too that different ones have. You know, so I was going to say the mirroring is also really. It's going to become more and more important. You imagine how many times you're sitting in a in a room. And multiple people in your room are on yeah. an iPad or a computer or something that say, hey, take a look at this, right? Throwing it up there is a really nice piece. The Roku will do that, but yeah. you have to go through another app uh, to be able to make it happen. It's just not quite as, See, it's not built in. Some I was over the holidays. I was at somebody's house. God, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. <laughs> and we were on an Apple TV. They were there. And we were trying to get a movie to play. And for whatever reason, that this individual, I don't, they obviously did have a lot of tech savvy to them, could not get that movie to play. So I ended up on my laptop, actually on my phone, airplaying the movie up to the TV and it worked like a charm. So yeah. it's kind of nice in those situations where you can beam stuff up to a, a, a box and not be so dependent on one one that's, individual in your house that may not know what they're doing. No, so. that's 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 a really good <laughs> point, Alan. That's a really good point. And, and honestly, for everybody out there, you... What makes your makes your sibling feel really good is when you set your system up so that it doesn't work for once, and they feel as though they're able to fix it. It just makes them feel so good, um, and it's it kind of it's the Christmas giving spirit, good, right? Warm, it's, it was it's a what good warm feeling I got from that. So, if I can't tell uh, the dripping of irony here, but uh, yeah, that was a situation that occurred at Brian's house over the holidays. So, yes, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. What's let, me, other, let me mention. Yeah, let me mention ahead. one more. I yeah. want to mention one more, and it's it's important to me. It may not be that important to other people, but the remote control 
that wow. comes with yeah. these boxes, yeah. uh, honestly, has become kind of a distinguishing factor for a lot of these boxes. I don't know if, you know, for those of you who have had experience with the Apple TV remote, the new one, um, the one with the little touch touch screen on the top or the touch yeah. uh, pad. What's your thoughts on that? There's some, well, there are some people that love it. There's some people that don't. I can tell you from someone who's worked with some older folks yeah. to get them to use it. They hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quite honestly, there are times that I hate it, uh, yeah. where, you know, you're dealing with touch instead of dealing with a click, uh, or recognizing the difference between a touch and a click. I think younger folks are going to be just fine with it because that's the way they interact with things. Uh, but I don't like it. And honestly, you saw at my house that I, I've gone with an, an harmony remote, yeah. um, to be able to work with lots of different things that I have, but it has physical click buttons and it just makes things easier. The, the Roku's are, are physical buttons mm-hmm. there. There's kind of some nice remotes. They take a little getting used to, but uh, so anyway, keep that in mind, right? Is that if you're someone that is trying to jump into the streaming service, doing an Apple TV, you've decided you're going to spend money on it, but that's all you're willing to spend. You may be stuck with a remote that, may be really frustrating to you and um, you may end up having to spend more money than to do a that's, universal remote that's going to keep up with it. That's so. a very good point. Yeah, so I think yeah. all those functions and things are things you got to keep in mind. Yeah. Now, it's just important to note that you know the, the, the box itself is a one-time purchase. Yep. It's going to work. Most all these boxes we talked about are going to work with any of the streaming services we discussed in the previous episode, the, the live TV services that you can choose from. So you're not having to, they don't have to be completely married together. What's great about having a separate TV box or media box is that if you decide you want to change the media box, you're not having to go change all your services. You just have to reinstall them and log into them on your new box. And now you've got a whole new experience. And vice versa. It's great that they work so independently from one another. You can swap out a media box or upgrade it while keeping your services, or you could upgrade and change services and still have the same media box. Yep. So yep. it's kind of a nice arrangement there. And I know we're talking cost on these, but just a reminder to everybody, it's a one-time cost. One-time so cost. you plunk down yep. the cost, you're not having to pay anything repetitively for the box itself. It's the services we discussed in the previous episode where <laughs> you pay on a monthly basis. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered that pretty well. Uh, again, yeah, this is our good. first first deep dive into a kind of a side topic on streaming TV services. Uh, our next deep dive, I believe, is going to be about the actual other services beyond yeah, movie, movie live services. TV services, yep. movie services. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll have a third one as well that goes even a little deeper into some over-the-air options or kind of some a little more kludgy ways to get some things to work, but maybe a good fit for somebody who's willing to put put a little more time into it. So this is a deep dive off of the Brothers in Tech podcast. Alan and Brian Jackson here uh, talking through media players. Thanks for listening. We'll be uh, following up with some more deep dives here very shortly. Thanks a lot for listening. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.